Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx. And today for our final episode of season five of the Lynx Golf Podcast, uh, we're happy to bring in or we're a little jealous to bring on Eric Matashevsky because Eric just completed a trip of some people's lifetimes, maybe his lifetime, to Bandon Dunes Golf Resort and his first ever trip to Bandon Dunes. Welcome back, Eric. Glad you made it back safe and sound. If you could describe your experience in Bandon, Oregon, at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort in one word or maybe two or three, what would you say? I would say absolutely thrilling. And Al, it's great to be back with you. But yeah, absolutely thrilling is the way to go. I mean, I had huge sky high expectations going into it. It was obviously um, a sore spot not having been to Bandon Dunes previously as a as a golfer. Um, you know, it was always at the top of the list, and I just had kept putting it off and kept putting it off, unfortunately. Um, and this seemed to be the, the perfect time to go, and I'm so glad I did. Uh, even with those, those expectations as high as they were, it exceeded them. It sounded like it and it looked like it from, from all the pictures that I saw from you. And uh, Eric has already pinned a piece on our website detailing uh, the Sheep Ranch making its debut, the newest course Abandoned Dunes uh, by Corey Crenshaw, which he, Bill Core was on site. Was was Crenshaw there or was it just Core? It was just was Bill Core and uh, Mike Kaiser was not there either. It was Phil Friedman, who's his, Mike Kaiser's partner and really owns the Sheep Ranch property for the most part. Gotcha. Well, he got some exclusive access to one of the two architects who built the sheep ranch. Well, actually, Tom Doak built the first sheep ranch, but Corey Crenshaw came in and made 18 holes out of 13. Um, you can read that piece on our website uh, about Bandon's new course. But what we wanted to do today was give kind of a first-timer's experience to Bandon Dunes. And with Eric's first time coming a few weeks ago, uh, he's the perfect guest to have on to tell us all about it. So we'll start with square one of your journey to Bandon Dunes. You said you had really high expectations. Did you know what to pack, how to prepare, what you would be heading into, and, and what was your journey over like? Where did you start from, fly into? How did that journey shape up for you? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is unquestionably a little bit of a strange time to be going on a golf trip. So we'll we'll kind of preface everything with that. But yes, there was a lot of preparation that went into this. You know, I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I came armed with enough equipment, enough uh, apparel, enough uh, golf balls, everything like that. And, you know, one of the things that you hear most prominently is to prepare for the weather. So, you know, I wanted to make sure that I had exceptional rain gear and all weather gear just to have it with me, just to be, be prepared. You know, I was uh, a wise man once told me in, in Ireland, I'd rather have you looking at it than looking for it. So I've kind of adhered to that ever since and make sure I bring it with me on trips like this. Fortunately, I didn't need the rain gear, but it's always good to have. I had many pairs of socks, extra pairs of shoes, you know, especially if they get wet. And uh, if you're walking 36 holes a day, it always helps to have uh, have things you can change out frequently. So um, I made sure I had 
apparel for all weather, knowing that it's going to be windy and, and chilly and the temperature is going to vary there on the Oregon coast as it does. Um, some days you'll have, you know, you'll be in the bright sun. Um, the wind will die down a little bit and other times it'll whip up. So you're going to have to have layers. So, you know, I kind of went into it with that approach. I wanted to be as prepared as possible. And I probably brought a little bit too much, but I thought better safe than sorry. As to the travel, uh, I, I'm based in the Northeast. I live in central New Jersey and I fly quite frequently either out of Philadelphia or Newark. I'm kind of halfway in between. And in this case, I went from Newark and I'll acknowledge there's a bit of anxiety uh, traveling at this time. And, you know, amid the pandemic, it was uh, something to be concerned about. So um, and this was really the last day of of May that I was flying and went from Newark to Denver to Eugene. So there was a little bit of a stopover. And, um, you know, I thought for the most part, everything went really well. You know, I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, as I mentioned, I do fly fairly regularly and you go into Newark and it's one of the most crowded airports in the country. And, you know, Leading up to this trip, I was tracking. There's a TSA tracker where you can look at the throughput and see how many travelers are going on a given day and kind of compare it to the year before. And the volume was about nationally. It's about a tenth of what it was at that time um, across the country. And I'd say it's even less in Newark. It was really kind of eerie going through the terminals and seeing the stores the stores and uh, locations closed down. You know, all the seats are kind of wrapped in this plastic, almost saran wrap material so people can't sit down. You know, they boarded flights differently. You know, typically they do it in groups before and now they're doing it from the back of the plane a few rows at a time to to try and ensure that appropriate social distancing and, um, you know, getting the spacing on the plane as well. And everybody had to wear masks and food and snacks and drinks came prepackaged on the plane. So, yes, there was a lot of safeguards in place. You know, I, I, I didn't have a whole lot of concern from that standpoint. You know, I was pretty happy. You know, you kind of go into it with a little bit of anxiety. But, you know, all things considered, uh, the trip went well. You know, Bandon Dunes is not the easiest place to get to. And I think the travel is going to be that's always going to be one of the biggest components. OK, how do I get there? How am I going to make this make this happen? But that's also part of the experience. And, you know, flying into a place like Eugene, there's a lot of different options. You can fly into Portland. You can fly into North Bend, uh, which is a lot closer but a much smaller airport. You know, for me, it was Eugene, rental car, you know, three-hour drive over to the coast and then down. And everything went pretty seamlessly. So I didn't really have any any problems with the, the travel at all. And, you know, again, that's part of the whole, the whole Band and Dunes experience. Right. Yeah, so we had a trip planned as well, myself and a couple other people from Lynx were supposed to head out to, to Band and a little bit earlier than than you did mm-hmm. we get booked into portland and there from there it's about a four-hour drive but like you said that's part of the deal um so you know that going into it i guess maybe a little bit easier for those people who are coming from the west coast obviously to access bandon um i've seen some people making that drive from parts of california straight up so sure. and then to your point about packing which 
you know, if you hadn't gotten so lucky with the weather, who's to say you might not have used all those clothes anyways. But my, my thing with packing has always been better to have too much than to have not enough. So you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, when it comes to it side of it. Yeah. And when you come to a place like, like band and dunes, you don't want to be caught out in the elements on, you know, completely exposed, uh, just because it's not going to be any fun. You, you want to make sure that you've got the, the rain gloves and the wind gear and the, uh, the rain suit and pants just in case. I mean, the day before I got there, it was an absolute deluge you know and i actually played with people i arrived on a late saturday night drove out got there on a sunday played 36 holes on sunday and it was gorgeous sunny i played with some some gentlemen from the midwest who had planned their trip two weeks before to get out there and they had played the day previously and were soaked to the bone probably weren't completely prepared and we're a bit miserable from the experience. Uh, but it just goes to show you, you know, just the span of a day, it just turned and the weather was, was beautiful from then out. Kind of like Scotland, which is why they hold it in such high regard. All right. So let's talk about when you finally arrive on property and your initial impressions, what are some of the first things you see and notice about this place that you've come to? Sure. It's, it's definitely more spread out than I anticipated. You know, I, not having been there before, I wasn't quite sure what to expect. I obviously know that, you know, the courses are, are very different and they're not going to be on top of one another, but there are so many different types of, of accommodations on property and the courses are all spread out for the most part. So just kind of trying to get a a feel of the lay of the land there takes a little bit of time, you know, just kind of driving around. And that's why they have the shuttles on property to, to kind of easily ferry people back and forth between various stops, whether it's the, uh, the courses of the pro shops or, uh, the, you know, the training facility or the, uh, the restaurants and some of those different places. So it does take a little bit of time to get used to, but that's, again, that that's part of the, the fun, you know, it's a, it is a complete escape. And, you know, you, you talked about the drive out there and I, I really relish that opportunity because you feel like you're, you've arrived in that, that Pacific Northwest, you're kind of driving through these tall pine trees on the way out. And then you hit the coast and, you know, on your way down, you're seeing these massive dunes. You know, I don't think, you know, that was another thing that I wasn't quite prepared for. You know, even an hour away, there are these just massive dune properties along the coast that have ATV rides and dune buggy rides. And I was like, wow, I'm really getting to a, a special spot out here. And then you kind of heightens your anticipation for, you know, what the golf is going to be, uh, because it, it really is a special location there on the coast. It's interesting, and and I preface this by saying I myself haven't been to Bandon yet, but I have been to Streamsong recently, and it kind of gives me a similar impression of what you're talking about, and that's just kind of so, you know, you don't happen upon Streamsong until you see the sign for it and realize you're there, and then once you're on property, things are a little spread out. You have the shuttle system, but it's crazy the uh, what they have built in seemingly the middle of nowhere, Florida. That's just kind of an aside and what it reminded me of. Yeah, it's a, it's a completely, yes, yeah, it's a completely remote property. You know, it's, it's uh, kind of very, very much off the beaten path and that's really its charm. You know, obviously the, the difference with, with stream song is, 
you know, it's a, it's a very unique Sandy property that's landlocked. Um, and this one is, is right on the coast. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, that is the allure in, in many respects. Um, you know, since the, the courses themselves are so good, but the location is, is absolutely breathtaking. Let's speak a little bit to the restrictions you had in place. And obviously going to abandon now isn't going to be similar to what anyone else has experienced in their time there. What were some things that noticeably maybe you weren't able to do while you were there that, that could typically be part of that experience? Yeah. And, you know, it's it's certainly worth acknowledging that resort golf is going to be very different, right? You know, and you and I have talked about the fact that golf coming back amid these times has been fantastic. You know, it, it offers this safe outdoor activity, which is perfect for times like these. You know, it's it gives it affords people the opportunity to stay home or stay close to home, uh, play, play with people and their family and, and things like that. So, you know, it's been a fantastic es- escape when it comes to destination golf, it's a little bit different. And the challenges are certainly heightened for resort properties like Bandon Dunes. And that's why they were closed for for a good while. Um, And now they're starting to come back slowly. And it's been an evolution. You know, I talked to some of the folks at, at Kemper Sports that manage the property. And, you know, there was just, you know, 75% layoffs of staff just because it's been a slow process in terms of bringing things back. And that, everything is not going to reopen all at once. That's just not going to happen. There's going to be restrictions on accommodations. Um, you know, pe- there's going to be a reluctance to travel first and foremost, you know, so that's going to put some limitations on things, you know, but at the same time, you know, all the restaurants are not going to be open back at once. They only had a couple here and there over at uh, the main Bandon Dunes property near the uh, near the inn itself. So it, it, where I stayed, the restaurant and kind of the main gathering area, all those places were closed. So there were very much restrictions. All the employees wore masks, whether it is on the, the check-ins or the shuttles back and forth or in, you know, food and beverage at the courses themselves. So there was very much a consciousness of safety procedures from that standpoint. No question. You know, on the course, it really didn't feel a lot different. Yes, you had, you know, uh, in essence, the pool noodle in the bottom of the cup that prevented it from going all the way down, a ball from going down into the cup and reducing some of the touch points. Um, You know, we didn't take the flags out, you know, things like that. But otherwise, you know, when you're out there, it very much feels like, back to normal. You know, you're, you're so removed from everything. And it was from that standpoint, it was a, it was a wonderful escape. Yeah. To that point, I was talking to one of our, our sales reps who, who has a relationship with the resort and her note about what was going on is that, you know, maybe there's a few things you can't do, but their book's solid right now. Like you, you're going to be hard pressed to find a reservation um, because so many people, and this this golf there is just so attractive and has really become kind of the bucket list destination in the states um, in terms of a golf resort. So let's talk a little bit about the golf then and your itinerary. How did the week set up for you in terms of playing? And I know you played a lot. Have you ever played 
as many consecutive rounds or days as you did in this recent trip? I have, but, you know, and, and part of this experience going out there for the first time was to make sure I played all the courses and I wanted to ensure that I was there long enough and I got in as many rounds as I could in that time. Um, I ended up playing, let's see, seven over eh, about a three and a half day span. So, you know, it was great. And it was really, it was really special. I started off by playing Pacific Dunes and then Bandon Dunes, 36 holes uh, on day one, then eased into the grand opening of the Sheep Branch, which was June 1st. And that afternoon, or kind of in the evening, played Bandon Preserve, which is the par three course that's out there. It's a, uh, a beautiful 13 hole par three course done by Cor Crenshaw as well, who did the reimagined version of the sheep ranch and then followed up the next day by doing old McDonald in the morning and then 27 holes at sheep ranch in the, uh, the afternoon and evening and actually in, into the night, which is pretty special in itself. I, I think my last putt, I know my last putt because I checked this and sent it, uh, sent a text to a friend of mine. I dropped our, my last putt at nine 24 PM. So the days are a little bit longer out there. Um, but, you know, playing into the dark, finishing on the sheep branch, it was it was pretty surreal that time of night. And then the final day, I played abandoned trails before leaving midday. So I got to, to mix them all in, got a taste of a little bit of everything that Band and Dunes had to offer and even had some time to kind of walk the property as well. Yeah, I like how you started with the, the first initial two to kind of jump in and experience, you know, what... Maybe it was like for someone coming in those early years and Bandon Dunes, David McClay Kidd opened in 1999, uh, Tom Duke's Pacific Dunes in 2001. So you're taking yourself back 20 years ago to start off with. Then you're jumping right into the present and the future of what Bandon Dunes is, is going to be for everyone else in the Sheep Ranch. Can you give me an idea of, is there a big difference there? I mean, Sheep Ranch, from what they talk about, obviously it's more ocean frontage than any other course on the property. They say it's as much or more than all of the other courses combined, right? Just on that one course. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really is unique. And listen, We'll have to kind of preface everything by saying Bandon is unique in itself, right? I mean, it's got four existing 18-hole courses that are all among the top 10, 15 public courses in the country that you can play. And all of a sudden, Sheep Ranch opens, and it is immediately thrust into the to the mix, you know, thrust into the discussion of, is it the best on property? So that, that really speaks to how good this place is. And it is very unique. And that's that's the beauty of what Bandon Dunes is, because the courses are very much different from one another. There's a very different look and feel. And when you talk about what's at the sheep branch, you know, it's it's very much always been that way. You know, the other ones kind of build up to this view of the ocean. You'll get that abandoned dunes or Pacific Dunes, where you kind of start in amongst the dunes, a little bit inland, work your way out to the coast. You know what's coming, and that's part of the anticipation and the excitement is that buildup. But when you arrive at the Sheep Ranch, and you know it is the most northern point of the property, so it's a little bit of a drive from you know it's about 10, 15 minute shuttle ride up the you know through the trees, and then once you get up there to the pro shop, you get out 
and you are immediately met with this panoramic view of the course below you. You know, you're kind of at a higher point on the property and everything kind of spills down to the water. You know, I was talking with Bill Corr when I was there and I, I was lucky enough uh, back in December to go out to the reopening of the course in Kapalua that Corin Crenshaw had done. And obviously the plantation course is unbelievably dramatic there on Maui. And you're up at this highest point of the property there and the, on the old plantation, the, the pineapple plantation. And you just watch as the kind of the, the hills cascade away from you down to the water. And, and there's almost, I joke with them, there's almost a similar feel with the sheep ranch. It's not quite as, uh, not quite the elevation, but it is a very dramatic view because you have views of the ocean from every single hole on the sheep branch. It's a very impressive piece of property. And, you know, right from the get go, you've got a hole that's going to be up there as one of the, the top uh, opening holes in golf. It is a par five that tumbles down towards the ocean. You kind of hit your tee shot between the shoot of tall pine trees. And there's not a lot of trees on the, on the sheep branch that are in play. Uh, so this is unique in itself. And it kind of plays to this infinity fairway. Uh, you know, you can see the hint of the ocean in the distance. And then after you walk the fairway, you kind of crest this rise and the fairway just falls away to the first of nine greens that are right there on the bluffs, on the cliffs, on the ocean. So, you know, like you said before, there is just over a mile of, of coastline frontage for the sheep ranch. So it's a dramatic piece of property. It feels very different, looks very different from the other ones there at the property. So, you know, I've talked to a number of people while I was out there, immediately jumped to the top of their list and others, not so much. You know, they, they've probably been there over the years and I, I kind of had the unique viewpoint, like you mentioned, of seeing all of these at once. And one of the coolest parts about Band of Dunes is as you're experiencing the properties, as you go around experiencing the different courses, there's inevitably going to be times that you're playing. You're like, wow, is this the best course here or what? And I think that's part of the charm. That's part of the fun. You know, so there's going to be people that experience Band of Dunes from the very beginning and they're going to have their loyalties just because those were so you have such strong ties ties from that first experience of playing, whether it's Pacific Dunes or Band and Dunes, that those hold a special place in your heart. And maybe the other ones don't quite can't quite match up to that. But you know, every one of them is special in their own right, and, and Sheep Ranch is right there. Before we continue, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor this season, Dormy Network. Two-parter question here. After seeing them all, which one is your favorite, and which one did you have the most trouble with, Was mo- presented the most difficulty to you? Gosh, boy, this is, you know, now you're asking me to start comparing my kids. This is a, this is a toughie. And you know what, this is, this is why, and I love the idea of this question, you know, when people went back and forth on this and it is hard and, you know, I want to go back and say, I want to go back. I want to experience all the courses again. I want to take a look at them and in different weather conditions, you know, people say, if you were given 10 rounds, how would you break them up? at Band of Dunes. And I think sometimes that's a, that's a better way to go, perhaps. You know, I certainly had a special affinity for, for Sheep Ranch. It is a magnificent piece of property. It is very fun. It is very scenic. It is very different. But 
uh, I'll say the most enjoyable round that I had, the most fun, was Old Mac. And I know that Old McDonald, which is a dope course, and that's the last 18-hole course that had opened before the Sheep Ranch. This was back in 2010. You know, Old McDonald can be among the most polarizing on property. And again, that is the beauty of Bandon Dunes, right? So you have, you know, Doke did Pacific Dunes back in the early 2000s. And David McClay Kidd did, like you said, did the original Bandit in 1999. You know, and then Old McDonald comes along and it's completely different. It's got these wild templates, these interpretations of the CB McDonald template holes, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. But from a pure enjoyment standpoint, I thought that was an an absolute blast. And yes, there is going to be people uh, that don't like that course as much as some of the others. But I thought it was immensely fun. And then you have the preserve. Or I'm sorry, you have Ben and Trails, which kind of starts in the dunes, works its way up into the trees and into the hills. It works away from the ocean. You know, you, you don't have the same look and feel as as the other ones. But I can't tell you how many people I went up to trails with who said, this is my favorite course on property. I absolutely love this one from a strictly you know design and strategic feel. Trails is my favorite. So every single course you play, there's going to be times where you say, this is my favorite. And I think that's one of the, the great charms of Bandon Dunes. So you can answer that question confidently yeah. and put it to one or no? That was my political answer where, <laughs> where I kind of talk around it and I say, I don't have a, I don't know that I have a favorite at this point. You know, I, I think for me, interestingly, you know, Sheep Ranch and uh, Old Mac are kind of at the top of the list, but it's everything is so tight. You know, it's so hard mm-hmm. to kind of differentiate between uh, all the courses. And it's it's very much going to be dependent on how you play that day. It's going to be dependent on the weather that you experience. You know, I got I got whipped pretty hard on uh, on Bandon Dunes, though, you know, the, the wind was really blowing. And, you know, that can have some fantastic, you know, experiences because I ended up driving through a green on a par four, you know, uh, just because it was downwind and it was, you know, bending the flag stick in half, you know, in other words, in other holes, you know, you're hitting, you know, three woods in the, into par threes that are dead into the wind. And you're like, boy, I'm not even going to get there. So, but again, that's part of the fun. Yeah. So it was, uh, dunes then the toughest for you. And that could wholly be like you're saying, because of the weather on the given day or maybe just the way you played yourself but is that something that you felt like regardless of weather regardless of what's going on this one course is the most challenging of any of the ones out there yeah, perhaps. I think that that's probably, you know, if I had to say, okay, which gave me the biggest challenge, I'd probably say because of the conditions, it it may have been banned and dudes on that, on that particular day. But, you know, the beauty of these courses is they're resort courses. They're not they're not going to eat your lunch. You know, they're going to be some wonderful strategic elements. If you get yourself out of play a little bit, you're going to find yourself in some bad spots. And I think that's one of the things when it comes to old McDonald is that it is such an unconventional design. There's going to be some forced carries. There's going to be some really strange looks on that course that that they won't fit people's eyes. You know, it's not going to be a traditional golf course. So I think that works against it in a lot of, uh, a lot of respects. There's going to be people that say, I just didn't like it. You know, I, I ended up playing with, um, 
a gentleman from the, the Portland area. And, you know, he was having a little bit of a tough time with some of the, the force carries and, you know, some of those things that I was mentioning at Old Mac. And I, I can tell you that because of that, that course just wasn't his favorite. You know, he he much more enjoyed some of the uh, the other experiences, especially the sheep ranch, just because everything's a little bit more out in front of you. It's more wide open, um, you know, a little bit less demanding and certainly an eminently walkable course. It's a little bit tighter footprint. And, you know, the way Coor and Crenshaw have made that property weave around is really, really cool. I mean, you get a taste of it right from the get-go. I kind of alluded to that downhill par five at sheep branch and you know you start with a a par five that goes down to the ocean a short par four that has the wind at your back then a little short par three that goes right out to the ocean so it's just this this perfect start and then as you're kind of working through this routing you know this you're walking past the 17th hole which climbs over the uh the first and second to the 18th you know there's this weird crossover but it works perfectly you know it's kind of this everything is folded into one another and the the course kind of wraps around itself and it's uh they did a masterful job with the routing it's it's perfect for that because you know obviously it's it's walking only and uh it works so well. Were there things that either you didn't know going into it or uh, you maybe had a different impression of that surprised you about maybe not even just the golf or the resort as a whole, like, or cool little like things that maybe people don't think about or know about, about band. And like, I've seen all these pictures I saw a bunch of pictures from when people were going to the sheep ranch about the hiking trails and uh, the labyrinth in the woods, this little like nook area that's um, secluded and almost mystic where you can go and meditate. And and it looked wild. But was there anything like that 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 took you by surprise about the place? Yeah. And, you know, that's that's one of the things I think there are so many compelling and exciting elements about banded dunes. And, you know, you, you walk around, you go to the different courses, you go to the, the pro shops and the clubhouses and you just kind of get this this feeling from everybody, just this enjoyment and this kind of pure um, ecstasy of being there. You know, you're just everybody's so excited because it is such a pure golf experience. And that's why everybody is there. Just almost purely for the golf, but there are a lot of other things to do. You know, obviously you have the coastline there and there's some, some great hiking trails to take advantage of if you're going to do that, you know, but there are so many, it's the little touches at Bandit. I think that kind of puts things over the top. You know, they have their, you know, they have some craft brewery uh, that's all branded in, in the different, some of the different courses and, and Bandit Dunes. They have, um, uh, little energy snacks that looks like, uh, a sleeve of Titleist golf balls. You know, it's the the touches like that. The halfway houses are, you know, they're, they're perfect. They come at perfect times during your round. You know, as you're kind of working your way around, and all of a sudden you're like, ah, perfect. Here it is. You know, this is what I needed at that time. You know, but for somebody that wants to try and spread it out, yeah, there's there's other things. I made sure to do the labyrinth, which you're talking about. You know, you can go from the the main pro pro shop there at, at Bandon Dunes, take a little walk, uh, head into the woods, cross a bridge, go through the trees, and next thing you know, you're at this uh, little old labyrinth, circular labyrinth on the ground. Um, there's h- embedded marble. And you just kind of 
it, it's completely serene, uh, peaceful. It's a nice place to just kind of get away, clear your mind and just be appreciative of the experience. You know, I, I was glad that I took some time on my last day to do that and to experience that. Very cool. Is there anything you maybe wish you knew headed out there or anything you would do next time, next trip out to Bannon, anything you do differently? I know you had an interesting conversation with Bill Core about how to approach the golf when you're preparing to, to take on a bunch of these courses, but anything else you maybe would do different? Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that I would make sure is bring enough uh, bandages for blisters, <laughs> uh, moleskin. I learned the value of moleskin, which I wasn't that familiar with. And listen, I'm pretty active. I walk regularly, but I don't think there's anything that's going to necessarily prepare you for some of the elevation changes and playing 36 holes a day and kind of the up and down, you know, you end up putting a lot of you know, you tax, you tax the feet a little bit. So, you know, I, that kind of caught me by surprise. You know, I ran into some blister problems early and I had some good walking shoes and everything like that, but it's, it's still something to prepare for. You know, I, I went back to the multiple pairs of good shoes, multiple pairs of good socks, but you know, uh, you know, be prepared for that, you know, cause that is going to be an element. Everybody can play and walk regularly, but, you know, doing it back to back 36 holes a day, it's going to take its toll. But, um, you know, along the lines of what you were talking about is, yeah, I had some good discussions with Bill Core and I asked him, you know, this was my first time out the bandit and, you know, for others that are coming out here for the first time, you know, what kinds of thing, what kind of advice would you give? And I thought it was pretty interesting. Corin Crenshaw did design Bandit Preserve, but he said, notwithstanding, one of the thir- first things I would suggest people to do is to play the preserve first. You know, there are so many great options. You've got now the other five 18-hole courses there. But Bandit Preserve is a is a great introduction to what you're going to experience. You know, the, some of the tight lines, the different turf. It's going to be exceedingly different from what people around the United States play on a regular basis. And he said, you're going to quickly learn that you're going to be putting from many more places than you've ever putt before. That lob wedge, that 60 degree wedge, you'll learn, don't take it out. You're not going to be taking it out on these courses. So it's a good starting, starting point. So you kind of get prepared for what is to come. And he, obviously, that par three course, one of the charms is that it can be worked in other spots in your trip. If you don't feel like you want to play 36 holes in a day, you can go back there in the evening, in the afternoon. It makes for a, a fantastic spot to kind of walk around, take some drinks and just kind of relax. But starting it is one of the best pieces of advice, is that, advice that I got for, for uh, kind of kicking off your, your band and experience. Well, this has been just a perfect, you know primer for me this is the whole reason i did this podcast was just for myself for the first time when i go out to bandon so thank you eric for for giving me everything i needed to know when's your next trip when are you going out there next i'm already trying to figure that out you know and then figure out how i can play even a little bit more golf because you know they have there's so much more to experience you know it wasn't fully operational when i was there I want to get a little bit taste of the different courses. You know, we didn't even touch on the fact that, you know, all the, the, the bunkers, there's no traditional bunkers at the sheep ranch, you know, they're, they're all grassy bunkers. And, you know, that's another different looks and feels of that new course. And so 
the differentiation between the courses is truly spectacular. I don't think you're going to get that at any other resort in the country. So I'm, I'm completely looking forward to getting back there and getting another taste of what Bandon has to offer because it, it truly is special. I don't know that there's any other place in the country that's like it. I will uh, I'll let you know how my experience just compares to the even more lofty expectations I have now of going out there. You won't be disappointed, I can assure you. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining me. Uh, that's a wrap for Season 5 of the Lynx Golf Podcast. Be sure to check out Eric's pieces on lynxmagazine.com and also on uh, the National Golf Foundation's website. Thanks again, Eric. Take care. Hope you can get some more golf played soon, and we'll see you next time. Sounds great. Always good to be on with you. All right, man.